welcome to episode 175 Woo! of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe. Kogu by Bruce Jim. I have food coming out of my mouth. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. <laughs> and uh, we've hit a milestone, Cameron. We have. 175. That's pretty crazy. If we could make the holographic cover version <laughs> of a podcast like you see on like you know like this the special numbers for comics yeah we would Yo, imagine we totally us would. with a nice sheen right now and you're kind of tilting us side to side i know shane wasn't available to join us right yeah sorry um <laughs> yes what a moment what a, what an occasion Chris. it is no it's exciting and you know and it, it I don't know if it would have worked out better to have 175 be our season one finale versus our season two premiere, but regardless, here we are. We're here. And we, we thought about trying to do some sort of bonus episode, but the the corner we wrote ourselves into is that since we have these random non-numbered episodes, only episodes about the DCAU count. Right. Because we're technically like 210 at this two, point. I don't know, 220 or something yeah. like that. It's, it's crazy. We're well, we're well past 175. But we're like, well, we have to do it DCAU. But luckily, I loved this premiere, so it kind of worked out fine. I didn't. Well, you're wrong, and we'll yes. get into it. <laughs> but yeah, so this is going to be the Justice League Season 2 premiere, uh, Twilight. Yep, we meet the vampires of the universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they yep. play baseball in the rain. The origins of Raw Bad Bat and Bat. Yep. It's going to be great. It's, it's very ahead of its time. Very much. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I'm going to probably say that I have never read nor seen a single Twilight. Wow. I've not read them, obviously. Yeah, you don't read. No. Can't, maybe. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> we don't know, actually. <laughs> like, there's that, that theory that no one in Star Wars can read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. I only know common. Yeah. Which actually... Or basic. It, basic, yes. Which actually, it's kind of fitting, because for me, the opening of this episode felt very, very Star Wars. I, I thought they were going to like pull. Yes, I agree. I thought they were going to pull back and it was going to be like flash in a movie theater. Oh, it felt okay. Like, it felt very cinematic. It is very cinematic. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I love this opening. It may have helped that uh, I happened to watch this right after the latest episode of the Mandalorian, which was fucking epic. <laughs> and then I was like already on a high when I started this episode almost immediately afterwards. So I was like already on like a Star Wars, like riding high on it. Yes. So then it starts out like this big epic space, but I'm like, oh my God, it's more Star Wars. This is awesome. Like the opening is very like aligned with the opening of the original Star Wars movie. Like we have, you know, one fleet of ships trying to escape another fleet of ships. They're on the run. There's laser blasts going everywhere you know, all these explosions and stuff. And it's very big in scale and cinematic. And then we quickly realize like, oh, this is Darkseid's fleet escaping, which is pretty crazy. Like you don't often think of Darkseid as being like on the back foot. Right. But here he is fleeing from what we presume to be now, the, the new Genesis, much newer, sleeker looking fleet taking him out. And um, yeah, like it, it focuses it on, you know, good old Steppenwolf, who we only know because of the fucking Justice League movie. I know. Movie. I, did you have like a, like a, involuntary moment in your body it's like Ugh, yeah i no, didn't i didn't like him. i didn't like that i knew who he was and i only knew who he was because of a movie that i despise right i didn't like that but he's you know like basically getting just ripped apart and so he he you know calls up dark side he hops on a zoom with dark side be like what up ds yeah can yeah. you see my screen can you see, can you see me yeah, yeah. Wait, i think you're on mute can you wait dark dark, dark, dark. Uh, is your sir is your connection okay yeah 
Oh, what? Oh, I know on. it's fine. I said it to myself. You can't act like you can't hear me. Yeah, hang on. Let me, uh, let me, wait. Can you screen share? I, I think I have to give you permission. Well, if you just turn off your video, then I think your connection, your audio quality will go up a little Okay, bit. yeah. So why don't we just, just do audio, then we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just going to call you. Just it's, don't worry yeah, about this. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. This could have been an email. <laughs> this could have been an email. Yeah, he calls up Darkseid and he's, he's in retreat and Darkseid basically just tells him like, take as many as you can with you. And then Steppenwolf gets killed. Yeah. Like his ship gets As it should destroyed. be. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get rid of him. Again, do I only consider that to be a big deal because I know who he was yes. because of the movie? Like otherwise I'd be like, oh, it's just some dude in a weird hat. Right. Yeah. I would have no idea who that is. Yeah. I mean, he appeared briefly in one of the other Darkseid episodes, but again, I only knew who he was. Because of fucking Justice League. Yeah. But, um, this yeah. curse that Zack Snyder has put on I us. I know. Obviously. The curse that never ends, too. Um, but, yeah, so he's he's killed. And the I thought this was crazy that then the, the new gods, they boom tube the wreckage so that it lands on Apocalypse and destroys Darkseid's palace. Yeah. His house, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty... His empire. His empire. It's Your a, new empire. <laughs> It's a pretty epic way to start off the episode, the season. Like, I mean, not holding back at all. Like, yeah. jumping straight in, this massive, huge scale conflict, putting a, a well-known villain in a situation we've never seen him in before, you know, in a precarious situation. Like, to me, it, it, it was very surprising. I forgot that's how this episode started, and I was like, all right, I'm 100% on board right from the beginning. Yes. I take it maybe you were less so. No, I enjoyed that part. Okay. What I didn't enjoy is the next scene, because they said a lot of things wrong. Uh, the next scene being when Darkseid shows up to the Watchtower to ask for help, or the next scene being when uh, Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl are that talking one. about it. What, okay, what didn't you like about that? Because there, yeah, there's a whole subplot going through here about how Hawkgirl has <clears throat> been separated from her home planet and misses home. So yes, what, what about that did not work well for you? Well, it starts off with her just watching a video of two hawks flying, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. I'm going to admit, I kind of <laughs> forgot about that part. Kind of forgot about that. Well, it reminded me of there's that shot in SpongeBob that people love to make fun of when he's watching like a sea anemone mm -hmm. and Gary walks in and he like freaks out and changes it to sports. And it's supposed to be like he's watching like sea porn. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that she's just watching two hawks fly feels so weird. But then she she goes on. <clears throat> Martian Manhunter's asking like, "Oh, why don't you ask John and the Green Lanterns? Because they will know what the mascara is." Yeah. She's like, "Well, no, the, the you know the Green Lanterns don't know the mascara." And okay, again, Thanagar, not the mascara. Thanagar, damn it. Yeah. And that's bullshit, Chris. Because Thanagar has a Green Lantern. In this universe. In a universe. Esamat <laughs> <laughs> Holt. Is is the Green Lantern oh, of Thanagar? Hmm? Uh, you know what? I feel like my constant complaining about you not doing research has really backfired. <laughs> this is just from reading from a couple weeks ago. Estimat <laughs> Holt is so. There's another race on Thanagar. I don't know if they go over that later. I don't think so. Um. So there's like the Hawk people, the Thanagarians. Yes. They just took on the title of their Earth, but there's another entire race of lizard people. Those are the lizard kin or the lizard con or something. Oh. That are kind of just like walking alligators. I feel like a different DC property did this at some point. Brave and the Bold, maybe? I don't know. This sounds kind of, it looks, sounds familiar. Maybe, yeah. So Thanagar, I, I don't oh. know when. Is it Young Justice? Does Young Justice focus on the. 
Maybe, because Young Justice goes over Ran more, because yeah. there's a big conflict going on between Ran and Thanagar. Right. Uh, now that I think about it, the timeline doesn't quite line up right. in my head. Great. Because the reason Ran and Thanagar are in their war is because Superboy Prime moves Thanagar, sorry, moves Ran into the Thanagarian system because of... Alexander Luther and Infinite Crisis, if you remember these thread points that are not important to anyone. Nope. Great. And that's what started the war. Is they give a Thanagarian a ring. Sorry. They give a Lizardkin a ring and they give a Ranian a ring. And the Ranian uses his ring to just kill more Thanagarians. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I can't right. do that. Uh, I'd say the, the simpler explanation is that that's not how it works in this version of the DC fine, universe. Fine, Chris. Fine. <laughs> um... But yes. I have to prove that I know Green Lantern right. sometimes. Um, also, and this is something that we'll, we'll 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 save kind of for spoilers, and we'll get into towards the at the end of the season. But also, maybe everything that Hawkgirl is telling us here is not entirely true. <gasps> oh, yes. Okay. So for all we know, maybe Thanagar isn't so far away as to not have okay. been detected so by I know the Green Lantern Corps. Up front, I'm sure everyone probably assumed this, or if I've already lost all the credit that I deserve. Yep. I've never seen Starcrossed. Right. And I know it's an invasion. I know that much. Yes. And the Thanagarians are coming. But that's all I know. Okay. So, yeah. So maybe everything she's saying is not entirely true. Okay. Something to keep in mind. But don't fucking bash the Green Lanterns for it, hot girl. They know. I don't... She wasn't bashing the Green Lantern. She just been like, she's like, we're just so far away. They just, they haven't even found us yet. They're, we're, they're, they're in like the outer, outer rim. Fine. Or whatever. I don't know how this works. In this I universe. mean, the, the, the Thanagard does dislike the Green Lanterns. They like to deal with their own problems themselves. And so there, there is like a conflict. See, that goes okay, there you go. Already. See, not the Green Lantern's fault. Calm down. It's fine. <sighs> Was this one of your two rants? It's one of my two rants. Okay, good. That's just coming soon. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so there, that's a whole subplot about how she misses her, her people. But the, the main story here is that Darkseid, um, you know, comes to ask the Justice League for help because after he's handed his ass by New Genesis, uh, a new invading force shows up and it's Brainiac. Mm -hmm. So he basically comes to Justice League. He's like, hey, um, can you come help me, like, get rid of Brainiac? Because once he's done with me, he's going to come for everyone else. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly, in the universe. Even um, if you're also my enemy. Even though we're all enemies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because at this point now, like, Brainiac is actively assimilating all the data on Apocalypse, and then he will do as he always does and destroy it at the end. Um, and so when Darkseid boom tubes into the Watchtower to say this, and he basically just offers a plea for help because his people are going to die, Superman just says, good. Yeah, Superman is pissed in this episode. And I... Understandably. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is I, I think this is part of the reason I love this so much is, I mean, one, it's bringing back two of the best villains so far in the DCU, Darkseid and Brainiac. It shows a side of Superman we don't get to see, which is the side of him that gets mad. Yeah. Like, he is fully prepared to let all of Apocalypse die because he hates Darkseid so much. And so I thought I'd offer a, a quick refresher on where we left Darkseid, because it has been a while for us, because mm -hmm. um, this has all happened at the very end of Superman. So obviously, it's like two years ago, it's like two years ago, it's been a while. Obviously, Darkseid was a recurring villain in that series. You know, so there was Apocalypse Now, which is when he invaded Earth and he killed Dan Turpin, right? With Napalm. With Napalm? Isn't that Apocalypse Now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> to make sure my references yeah. are right. 
Yes, exactly. It's the, the, the smell of fire pits in the morning. Yes. So the smell of apocalypse in the morning. Exactly. Um, but so when we last saw Darkseid was the episode, the two-part episode Legacy that ended up being the Superman series finale. And so in that one, Darkseid had brainwashed Superman into being um, one of Darkseid's pawns, basically, and set him loose on Earth and had Superman lead an invasion force of Earth. Um, and over the course of that battle, Supergirl, Superman nearly beats Supergirl to death. Mm-hmm. And it's right after that, that he kind of snaps out of the brainwashing. Um, and so then he goes to Apocalypse to fight Darkseid and ultimately ends up defeating him. And he like throws Darkseid onto the ground in front of all of, you know, the, the people of Apocalypse. And it's like, you know, he's, he's done. He's defeated. Like it's, you, this planet is yours to rule now. And they all come up to Darkseid and start trying to like take him away to go get healed. Um, and Superman is just aghast at the whole thing. Like how can you do this to this monster? And um, as Darkseid put it, it's like, um, you know, I am many things, Kello, but here I am a god. And so no wonder Superman, one, has a personal grudge against Darkseid because Darkseid brainwashed him into betraying Earth, all of his friends, his family. Like not only did the whole world all of a sudden now doubt Superman at the end of that, episode but he doubted himself like he had been turned into his worst fear which is to be a weapon not a hero yeah but on top of that like he's seen that from his perspective the people of apocalypse are kind of irredeemable like getting rid of dark side won't change the fact that they still you know are loyal to him from his point of view like dark side is such a plague in the universe that it's a worthwhile cost basically to lose that entire planet and all of its people yeah which is pretty extreme when you think that this is superman who is saying this mm-hmm. like this is the guy who will go out of his way to try and save someone anytime he can and it yeah. just goes to show how truly irredeemable he sees dark side and apocalypse yeah where even the roles reversed and batman has to come in yeah and be like hey clark or hey superman because he does call him clark in this episode which i thought was yeah. very impactful because i'm kent kent sorry yes. yeah <clears throat> um but yeah, even he's like, hey, you got to let it go. Yeah. Like, people still need our help. Yeah. Yeah, Batman has to put him in his place. Um, you know, and, and it's worth acknowledging, too, that one of the last times we've seen Brainiac, one of the many times when he's seemingly destroyed and isn't going to come back and then does, is he had brainwashed Batman into, yeah. you know, building a rocket so that he could escape Earth at nighttime. So, like, Batman's no stranger to this sort of stuff. Now, the scale is nowhere near the same, and I don't think he takes that stuff as personally as Superman does. But... Yeah, it's this is a side of Superman we haven't really seen yet. Yeah. And I think it, it continues to play out in a pretty cool way over the course of the episode. Um, but yeah, so they, the Justice League begrudgingly goes to Apocalypse. And we got what I thought was a pretty cool, if relatively short sequence of watching the forces of Apocalypse fight against Brainiac and all of his little robotic Yeah, minions. they have like dragon cannons. Yeah. That's well, cool. It's It's cool to see... Two very different alien aesthetics here mm-hmm. at the same time. Like Brainiac, obviously, you know, very um, like uh, very geometric, lots of lines and circles, and you know, very technologically focused. Um, versus Darkseid, who in this iteration almost feels medieval. I was going to say, yeah, it's like future medieval. Yeah, exactly. It's your point. Like, yeah, he has like dragon, like cannons in the shape of dragons, you know, rolling along the ground, you know, spewing fireballs at. Brainiac's floating laser shooting drones. Yeah, I, I could I could see like a trebuchet with plasma balls. Exactly. Yeah, and it's on fire. On fire. Of everything has to be on fire. Yeah. On yeah. Yeah. Plasma balls are yeah. on fire of sorts, right? 
Yeah, that, that works. That's how plasma works, I think. Sure. But it, 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 I think there are times when the, the galactic element of this universe can feel a little samey. Like, I remember we talked about that with um, both War World and, and Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. That it just kind of felt like the same sort of generic aliens we had seen in the Superman era. Yeah. And I feel like here, these two extremes really did contrast each other really well. Yeah. And we've also seen this, they kind of like prepped us for this look too. Because as we brought up before, when they're at the Halloween party in the Etrigan oh, episode. Oh, right. Yeah. A lot of them are wearing these costumes. Yeah. A lot of them are dressed like the new gods. Yeah. Yeah, because we we do spend uh, eh, some amount of time um, on New Genesis with the new gods. Yes, and we we see a character that I haven't thought about in a minute, Forager. Forager, yeah, I love his look. He's he looks really I good. I love in this, this version of Forager so much more than the Young Justice version of Forager. Well, the, yeah, I was really thrown by the Young Justice version because this is the version I remember, where he just comes okay. kind of like a, like more like a, a normal man of sorts, and he just has you know. This kind of a very distinct-looking face compared to the um, the one in Young Justice, which is very—he looks like a bug, like the, yeah, you know the well, because the new guys always refer to them as bugs, yeah, which is I think here played more for highlighting just status, what, yeah. status, and just what pretentious assholes the new gods are, yeah, you know, I mean, you know much more about Greek mythology than I do, but I mean, I feel like there's some reminiscence here about you know the the Greek gods being up on Olympus doing their thing and just completely disregarding humanity below them. So here's rant two. Oh, great. This is, I would say, I would argue this is not Greek. This is Norse. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because, you know, um, he's definitely being all father. Yeah. My father is all father. He's Mm -hmm. very Odin-esque. Yes. He has the kind of the veil that he talks to in the same way that Odin has. I don't remember what it is, but he has kind of a thing that he talks to. Actually, I do know what it is. So in, in, Norse mythology, there's two different sects of gods. Okay. We know the Asgardians from Thor and Marvel and all that stuff, also known as the Aesir. Mm-hmm. But there's another realm known as the Vanir. Okay. Um, that are just other gods. And the Aesir and the Vanir have been fighting for forever. But okay. they're both gods. They can't actually kill each other. So it's just a, kind of this like big stick contest between the two. Mm-hmm. But they had a, a temporary ceasefire and temporary peace because the two heads of the two gods traded family members. Oh, okay. So that's absolutely this. Yes. Then. Yeah. So Freya and Frey, her brother, uh, are the seer, mm-hmm. Vanir. Seer is a different character. Um, and then there is Mamir and Samir. I'm I impressed think. that you're able to keep all these different ears I've, I've, separate. This has been my week, Chris. I've been deep in Norse mythology this week. Oh, boy. Um, they they went to the Vasir. Okay. Um, and Freya, we all know, is is the wife of Odin. Yes. Frey is is kind of this very interesting god who's kind of like a half Apollo, half Aphrodite. Okay. We're just like everyone just loves him. Okay. Constantly. Well, that's a bad. Yeah. It's cool, but yeah, that, that that's kind of I think where they're pulling a lot more of this from. Okay, so it's okay, so it's much more Norse mythology there. Yes. Okay, but it definitely feels like. There's, they kind of reference the idea that the uh, the new gods up on the, like, the floating city above the planet are these, like, really pretentious, self-involved people. And the, yes, they, they're they, guardians. Yeah, exactly. And, and they refer to the, the, the citizens of 
New Genesis who live on the planet's surface as just bugs. And the people there also refer to themselves as bugs, like this very, very strongly established like caste system and reverence for the upper caste. I feel like New Genesis was mostly here to kind of give justification for dark science actions and to explain like why he is vulnerable and to give him an, an another enemy that he's also trying to defeat beyond Brainiac and beyond Superman. Yeah. I seem to recall there being more about like the, I seem to remember there being a thing about the justice league like, pointing out the, the inequality between the new gods and the rest of the people Maybe that happens in a later episode of Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. They they play it up more in Young Justice. Okay, maybe it's there then. I I, I seem to recall them there like a, being a thing around Forger and about the inequality being you know really discussed. And I guess I was expecting that here. Mm-hmm. So when it wasn't, it just felt like it's a weird subplot. You're thinking of Blue Beetle and Forger because Blue Beetle goes to New Genesis in Young Justice, and that's when you like fully see. No, sorry, it's. Uh, Miss Martian. I'm sorry. Because oh, her brother that's right. is the one that's like playing up the divide between the two. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's where I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I'm 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 expecting better storytelling than we got here. Although I think overall the 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 A plot of this I really, really enjoyed. It was more just like that element, the new gods element, just felt a little bit underbaked. Yeah. That's fair. But I guess that make I guess I can see why. And I guess I was just expecting the wrong thing here, which is why it felt a little bit underbaked. Um but yes, I mean it's it's interesting to see this this battle play out. And of course, eventually, you know, Brainiac is um defeated by Darkseid and Superman teaming up together, which is it's kind of a cool little moment. Like Superman is constantly hammering on Brainiac's force field until he can like kind of pry it open, and then Darkseid, like way off in the back, is priming this like epic cannon. He we, shoots through his legs. Shoots underneath his legs. Were you also kind of expecting him to shoot Superman? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was, like, I, was re- I, I was really expecting it to just be like, well, if I hit Superman, it's still going to end up hitting the ship, so I guess I'll just hit them both? Yeah. So uh, I, I want to correct something really quick. Superman didn't break the shield. Superman punched it long enough and got to get Brainiac's attention. Oh. Brainiac's hubris that's opened right it up to shoot superman with a laser yes you are and superman correct. just took it like yeah. a man um and then yeah shot him between the legs i was weirdly enough i had this this shot in my head <laughs> that i think they've probably done with like batman but they definitely did it in the incredibles where superman lands next to dark side after trying to punch the shield He's like, do you have any better ideas? And he's like, I always have a better plan. And I wanted Darkseid to pick Superman up and throw him at the shield. <laughs> where it's like, it takes the strength of them combined to break through yeah. it. Just throw him like a shot put. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In the same way that um, like Mr. Incredible throws uh, Elastigirl when yeah. she catches Jack-Jack. Yeah, I, I would have loved that, actually. That, that would have been very fitting of that character. Yep. Yeah. I got a great plan. Hang on one sec. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Come here for a second. Yeah, you know, they're, they're able to, like, you know, break through and essentially defeat Brainiac, or at least, you know, they destroy, like, Brainiac's body and they pretty much mangle his ship to the point where he, um, you know... Retreats. He retreats, he flees. And so the, the Justice League follows uh, suit mm-hmm. in the Javelin. Um, only- Partially with, with, like, Darkseid edging them on to do so. Yeah, I forget what he says. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Either. I don't know. But it's yeah, like, but yeah, it's like you're just gonna let him escape. Let him escape. So go get him. It's like okay, fine, we'll go get him. So they go and they they 
pursue him out to a, a, a massive asteroid, which then like the camera pulls back to reveal that it's in the shape of Brainiac's head, with, like the big three holes in the middle of it. Um, the asteroid that I'm now going to refer to as Asteroid B in lieu of Magneto's Asteroid M. Because it's basically the same thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I thought, and we've kind of gone through this first part relatively quickly, but a lot of this is kind of just either setup or action, I think, for the kind of payoffs in part two. Yeah. But I I like the cliffhanger on this. So do I. I thought that was very cool. It's not one, it's not them in peril. It's them, it's left with a mystery. Mm -hmm. Like, we know they're heading into a situation that it's, Probably not going to be great for them. But it's not like a typical cliffhanger of just like, you know, someone's waiting to get hit with a laser blast or get crushed under the wheel of a giant walker tanky thingy. Yes. It's different than I think a lot of stuff we've seen before. It, it ends on like a very ominous, mysterious point. Um, and this is also, I think, the only episode so far as we've been doing a rewatch that I actually did break between them. Oh. Like I watched feel? part one last night and then I picked it up again with part two this morning. I kind of like watching it that way okay and i apparently also starting with season two cartoon network started airing them as one yes they no longer would break up a week in between yeah you had the hour block of justice league followed by yeah the other exactly Which i mean i think is the better way to go um i just think it's kind of ironic that i think one of the most uh titillating cliffhangers wasn't even really utilized as one so yeah i mean they had a commercial break that's a commercial they break. They probably yeah. had like seven minutes between. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, a, a commercial for sock and boppers in between. Mm-hmm. Lunchables. Yeah. Gogurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So many Gogurt ads back in the day. Yeah. The Wonder Ball. <laughs> probably some movie. Yeah. Uh, it was 2003, I think this came out. Spider Man 2? Spider- uh, no, Spider Man 2 was 2004. Okay. Yeah. So it could have gotten a trailer. That's good. That's true. Yeah, could have. Yeah, yeah. could have been a teaser. Mm-hmm. Teaser for some. Teaser for some X Spider-Man. two. Is that two thousand three? Two thousand two. Okay. How do I know these things? I also know these things. Yeah. Sometimes. Why do we know these things? I mean, I just gave you a Norse breakdown. <laughs> Which almost led to my breakdown. Just thinking, oh my god, I have to edit all of this shit. Yes. Don't worry, camera. I'll keep most of it in. Thank you. Yes. I have a great story. I'm not going to talk about it because it's a very long story. But for, Please for don't. the next car ride, look up the story of the Meat of Poets. Okay. It's a very cool Norse story. The Meat, M-E- M-E-E-D, Mead. Mead, okay. The Meat of Poets, yes. Okay, Mead as in like a drink, mm-hmm. not as in like meat as in a meeting or a meat as in food. Right, not a meat cute. Oh, okay. A mead cute. A mead cute of oh. poets, yes. It's a very, it's a very cool story. Okay, was well, it the mead of poets? Mead of poets. All right, uh, I'll, I'll say that. I'll look that up. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean that ends us on part one. So I, I think there's more to say in part two. So we'll just kind of mosey along here, speed through this. Um, but yeah, so they they get taken down into the the bowels of asteroid B, and of course Brainiac um, is still fully functional. And he's like, yeah, you keep destroying me, but guess what? I just keep showing up again because I have this massive complex filled with like thousands of robot brainiacs and ships and all other stuff. Like every time you destroy a version of me, there's just more of me here still. Yeah, Superman should know this by now. That's the thing. He keeps he keeps being surprised. He even pushes back on Darkseid. He's like, wait, no, I destroyed Brainiac. I'm like, wait, which time did you destroy Brainiac? Like that first time he showed up on Earth or that second time when he's like left a piece of him inside of LexCorp computers or the other time when he controlled Bruce Wayne or that other time when he showed up in Dakota City and took over Richie, which time did you destroy him? Yeah, you never 
finish the job. Yeah. I think that's the whole theme of this episode, though, is Superman never finishes the he job. He just never gets the job. That's true, because he tries. Yeah. He tries his damnedest. And this time, Batman stopped him. Yeah. So I did look it up because, you know, we watched, obviously, Static Shock, all of it first, and then got to this. But these were airing concurrently. So mm-hmm. this episode aired in, I had this here, July of 2003, um, the uh, a league of their own, the Static Shock episode featuring Brainiac in the Justice League was March of two thousand three. Okay, so yeah. it would have been much more fresh in people's minds. Yeah, so it would have been one fresh in people's minds, but two probably should have been fresh in the minds of the Justice League. Yeah, didn't we fight this guy like a month <laughs> a ago? A month ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's back again. What a surprise! Um, but he, obviously, <laughs> Brainiac can't be killed essentially, and so he once again offers Superman, like, come, come join me, come join me, and we will lead a great kryptonian renaissance across the galaxy yes we will give them kryptonian little mermaid kryptonian exactly. Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> kryptonian aladdin and superman the kryptonian renaissance kryptonian renaissance superman just well attempts to tell him to go to hell before he's cut off yes thank you censors but again this is another moment where this is not the superman we know he's so mad he's so and because he, he hates brainiac too because yeah. you know he hates Darkseid for very good reasons for basically making him look bad. But he also hates Brainiac because he's the last piece of his homeworld left and he's a parasite and a threat to the entire but not galaxy. Parasite. But he's not parasite. It's true. He's not parasite. He's a parasite. Yes. Um, but yeah, like he, Brainiac even tries to lure Superman in to seduce him with images of his parents from Krypton. Like that's gotta be really painful to sit there and have your, your past that you have been, you know, denied connection with dangled in front of you by one of the worst beings in the entire galaxy Mm -hmm. so no wonder and he's already pretty pissed to begin with so he's having none of this shit yeah and i love it i love how mad he's getting there's right after this moment there's another thing that happens which i was very confused by and i'd love for you to help explain it to me okay martian manhunter makes a force field i was also confused by that too so uh, a horde of brainiacs come out and start attacking the three of them. Uh, and Hawkgirl gets hit, or he's she's kind of pinned in the corner with Manhunter. And he creates a force field to block the rays from Brainiacs. So I think, I think what happens in that moment is he grabs a piece of Brainiac tech that creates a force field and uses it to his own ends. Okay, that... I, I will accept that. That makes Cause, more sense. Because the animation there was a little bit quick and choppy. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, also, I wouldn't entirely put it past them, just randomly give him one of those powers for a second. But I think that's what's supposed to be happening in that sequence. It's just not animated to make that clear. Got it. Or at least that's what I'm going to say is happening. That's fair. Yes. I will accept that answer. Thank you for your explanation. Yes. So they're they're beating up all the Brainiacs, and then suddenly... A new beam comes into play. Another boom tube opens up. Another boom tube, and a, and and Dark Side comes and knocks out Hawkgirl and Manhunter in mm-hmm. one foul swoop. Yeah, with his Omega beams that sometimes kill and sometimes don't. Sometimes evaporate. Yeah, sometimes disintegrate people yes. like Desaad. Who's Desaad? Thank you. I yeah, his, his the little snivelly weasel guy. Yes, and the, so then with Brainiac and Dark Side together, they take out Superman and put him up in that same kind of like Gertie rig thing that we saw Manhunter in last week. Yeah, exactly. They they, they the James Bond rig. Yeah. So, what a surprise. Darkseid did portray them just as Superman assumed he would. Yes. Um so they've actually teamed up together and the deal that they've made is that Brainiac will spare Apocalypse in exchange for Superman because Brainiac 
wants to essentially extract Superman's DNA to help Brainiac further evolve. I guess he's he's reached the peak of his robot presence, and I, I I guess the implication here is that he probably wants to do some sort of weird like biotechnical android cyborg situation. Yeah, we might guess. But then a second later, when Darkseid describes it. His version of evolution is the same is is basically the same way that like the Death Star evolved in Episode Seven, where he describes it as like oh, as Brainiac he can only absorb one planet at a time, but with Superman he can absorb an entire galaxy. Yeah, like so he's not changing, he's just getting faster. Yeah, at what he does, it's a little bit unclear what exactly Brainiac wants from Superman because even when he's put in the, let's call it what it is, he's basically put on a crucifix. Yeah. Um, in case that metaphor what? wasn't this landing. What? This is a Jesus metaphor? What? Um, but yeah, so he's put in this crucifix thing, and then he becomes the the, the core of some sort of weapon, which, um, what a surprise, Darkseid then betrays Brainiac too. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Who's that for only themselves all the time? All the time. <laughs> some two betrayals here. And so then uh, Darkseid takes over Brainiac's system, and now he starts to use this new weapon that Kal-El is powering to attack New Genesis. And so th- mm-hmm. this is what I was saying. Where I think that New Genesis was primarily included just so that Brainiac or Darkseid had a another enemy that he was motivated yeah, to take uh, out. Yeah, a bigger motive. Yeah, a bigger motive that would make him want to betray everyone all the time. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of. I mean, the the motivation behind them wanting Superman's a little unclear, and even Darkseid's motivations are always a little bit unclear. Like he's always talking about the anti-life equation, which. My understanding is that the idea is that it it basically is forced subjugation, that it, it takes away willpower. Yes, it's the removal of free will. Yeah. So that's not very clearly defined here. I don't think it's ever really been clearly defined until Young Justice. I think I think that yeah, maybe they did the best version of it because it's yeah, it's not clear what his motivations are. And he basically acknowledged because he he thinks that High Father somehow will help him find the anti-life equation. I don't know if it's through the source wall or what, but he realizes that in lieu of being able to get the actual anti-life equation, he can just use Brainiac's technology to essentially the same effect. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sure. sure. I guess that works. But of course, so he, he betrays them both. Yeah. And then now Superman's trussed up in this, this machine. And I love that Batman's solution is just to smack the console and then it, Causes everything it to was blow up. so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause he he has that moment where he's very Batman-y, where he like grapples like across multiple platforms, gets in front of the computer. He tells them, "Save Superman, I got this." And he looks at it and just goes, "I, I don't know," and just hits it. Yeah. This isn't English. Yeah, <laughs> like why why even bother? I I mean, it's kind of fun. It feels a little bit out of character. I feel like normally he would literally just have some sort of like you know Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, his device. his own version of a mother box. Exactly. Yeah, or he would have like cha- he would have like. Spent time playing with the mother box, learning how to like manipulate it himself. He calls up Alfred. Yeah. Do you have the English to Apocalyptin dictionary on hand? <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of translating to do here. Yeah. Saddle up. Um, but yeah, then all Clark, this... hold on a second. <laughs> translate this. Hang on, give me a minute. But yeah, so now all of a sudden the place is going to blow, of course. And so they're trying to escape. And uh, Superman insists on staying behind because he is going to beat Darkseid. To death. This is a great quote. I won't stop until you're just a greasy smear on my fist. Yeah. Like, fucking let's go. I mean, like, this 
not only have we seen a lot of Superman in a way we never had before in this episode, it continues to escalate. Yeah. And it gets to that point where he is fully intending to kill Darkseid, even if it means he dies in the process. Yeah. Like, he is beyond rational thinking. He is going to kill this man. Man. Whatever you want to call him. God. This God. At all costs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to the point where... Once again, Batman has to step in and be the voice of reason and come and save him. Like, and we, we, you've mentioned this a lot, the, uh, the, um, the paper town speech, the paper man speech or whatever yeah. that we get at the end. Cause not, it's not a surprise to say that this is not the last time we're going to see Darkseid. Right. Or Brainiac. Or Brainiac. But, or Orion or Superman or Batman. Exactly. But in this moment, it is very much designed to be a, a climactic point i would say this kind of really serves as a proper finale to superman the animated series like it's him going up against two of his most powerful villains and the line has been drawn he's going to take this fucker down yes no matter what and it's it's a prelude to that paper town speech he doesn't have that full speech but the intent is the same which is that he can wreck this guy and he's not gonna be holding yeah, back this like, time i'm always holding back yeah. That's that's the problem with you. You think you outdo you can outdo me, but I'm always holding back. Yeah. And so he he goes full tilt. He I mean he he messes him up pretty yeah. bad. Um, you know, and it's only Batman boom tooming in to get him. And, and to your point, he calls him Kent, like to try and get to his humanity. Yeah. Doesn't work. No. Doesn't matter. He he's beyond reason at this point. I love that like this. To me, this is proof that Superman is an interesting character. Yes. I really disagree with anyone who says that Superman's boring and they it just people don't know how to write for him. And also, Superman can be dark. He's really, really dark in this, but in a way that makes sense. It still fits his character. I I I don't still think that the the broody version of Superman that we got in the Man of Steel and the rest of the Snyderverse really makes sense from a character perspective. No, because he always has hope in humanity. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's he is he has decided that this one being is the the most antithetical version of hope possible and he's going to take him down. Yes. Yeah, for the for for the greater sense of hope he will destroy this one being. Mm-hmm. And I can believe well, he also just watched him basically take out his own son. Yeah. Ryan boom tombs in really quick and they have a quick fight between yeah. Ryan and Darkseid. And Darkseid just bear hugs him to death. Yeah, exactly. As a good father does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> you are my son. You're my son. <laughs> yeah, but he beats the shit out of him. And then, yeah. you know, of course, the, the station blows up and there's nothing, you know, left but dust. And we are meant to assume that, you know, both Brainiac and Darkseid were um, destroyed in the and process. Maybe Orion. No, Orion got sucked into the boom tube as well. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah, so when Batman comes to save Superman, Orion, who's unconscious, gets drawn in, but Darkseid, who's buried in the rubble, can't or Got it. isn't. Um, and Batman tells Superman, like, he's gone. Like, nothing would have survived that. And again, a great line here. Superman looks him dead in the eyes and goes, Bruce, you're not always right. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit. Which I, I'm sure you also saw this. I read the notes in, in the yes. interview with Bruce Tim. He's like, oh, yeah, when I wrote that line... Uh, I wasn't talking about Batman. That was that was to me by me. Yep, that, that is apparently something he is told often. Yes, yes. Um, and when it comes to the relationship between Bruce and Barbara, those people are right. Yes, and he is not, <laughs> or any female character that he draws. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but no, like I. So I mean, I 
I really, really enjoyed this, but you you weren't quite as warm on it. I'm curious why. What didn't land for you quite as well? Okay, I, I think it, it goes back to that problem of the dark side we get in Young Justice, especially the most recent season of Young Justice, is so much more interesting than this one. Okay. And at the current state, I think I was a little upset and I, I don't want to dive into making this a three-parter because <laughs> I, I can't, I can't think of it right now. Yeah. But this is something I want to build up to like having the two biggest Superman villains in the same episode. Mm, okay. I get that. It's like the, the intro to season two and it's like, it's supposed to get everyone hyped. Yeah. But like, I want this to be something we're building up to for an entire season. Mm, like we're okay. hinting at, yeah. we're hinting at Brainiac still being out there. Maybe like Green Lantern knows and he just doesn't want to tell Superman. Mm-hmm. Like someone knows that he's still out there. Yeah. And then we can kind of build up the the relationship better between Apocalypse and the New Gods and New Genesis mm-hmm. and have that going on. We can have Mr. Miracle a little bit more. We can have Orion a little bit more. Uh, what's the other guy whose name I never remember? Something Ray. The, what? The guy who slapped Wonder Woman's butt. Oh, I I'll have to look him up. Light I Ray. I can't remember his yeah. name. Um, whoever he is, um, have a little bit more build up with all of these yeah, other Light characters. Ray. Light oh, Ray. Oh, yeah, wow. that's a good guess. Yeah, nice, dumb name. Yeah, it is. Um, so then when you have this moment, even if it's just like a mid season finale or something, mm-hmm. we have this huge moment where the stakes, because like honestly, I've forgotten a lot of Superman the animated series. And yeah, so the stakes didn't feel there for me. Okay, like. Uh, uh, a lot of the stuff more or less came out of nowhere. Yes. I mean, that's fair. I think there is something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you take this episode and get rid of the rest of the Justice League, put at the end of Superman the Animated Series, and maybe still have Batman be a presence. Yeah. Have, yeah. Just have Superman go to Apocalypse. Yeah. Batman goes New Genesis. Yeah. And just keep it at that. Yeah, exactly. And 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 there was talk about them wanting to do one more season of Superman that would focus in on that legacy element mm-hmm. of him betraying everybody. Um, and I think they, they picked up those threads here and they continue to do so down the line. Yeah. But I, I do see what you mean that like, because all that stuff has been so long for us, but also, I mean, it would have been a while, even in the DC yeah, the finale was 98. Yeah, I think 98 or four n- year 99 break or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a number of years. So, th- I mean, if you kept tabs on that stuff, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, here, there were reruns back then. Yeah. Here, it, it, yeah, that's fair. It does kind of come out of nowhere. Um, and it, yeah, you're right. It, this does feel like the, um, the finale to an arc that was never set up in this show, at least. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it, it is a great episode. It, it is very entertaining. Yeah. It uh, is. I love I love all the elements individual of each other. Okay. I think they work decently well together. Yeah. They just could have been better. No, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think I think for me this still stands as maybe my favorite episode we've had. Oh, so okay. Far. I, I really, really, really like this. Yeah. But I, I remembered these episodes though. Okay. I remember all of them to some degree, but I remember um this finale Got in it. particular being like pretty cool. Um, yeah, mostly. Yeah. I guess I wasn't upset with the episode. I was upset with the potential this episode had. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. And and we've talked about this a lot that you know we are kind of burdened by foresight. Well, modern storytelling now. Yeah. We we had things like Young Justice, which do arcs, season long arcs, really really well, and it's covering a lot of similar territory. Yeah. Um. And so sometimes it's it's tough to go back and watch the thing that um you know set 
the template going forward. Like mm-hmm. this show did it first and someone else came along and did it better. Yeah. Sometimes I it's mean, hard that, to go back and reverse. It's the same thing with the whole Vandal Savage stuff from last week. Yeah. That again, Young Justice season one is, is probably maybe the peak of superhero storytelling for me. It's a really good season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just other stuff, it just doesn't feel as complete because it's not as intricate. So. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, but still, great episode. Definitely yeah. going to make the short list. Oh, it's absolutely going to make the short list. I, I mean, it has to for canonical reasons. That's, that is true. But also, I think it's worth watching. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, as always, do want to try and acknowledge some of the uh, the great guest voice cast we There's have here. A lot here. of them in this one. A Lo- lot, of, lot of big hitters. So, I mean, we have, you know, uh, Michael Ironside, of course, returning to voice Darkseid, who is just... Honestly, when I hear Darkseid and it's not Michael Ironside, <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't sound right. Like, his voice is so perfect. We, of course, have the great Michael Dorn, um, a.k.a. Worf from Star Trek, as uh, Calabac, Darkseid's son. We have, also from Star Trek, René Aubergenois, who, not too long ago, like recently, fairly recently passed, but also a very prolific voice actor as uh, Desaad and Steppenwolf. Um, and then we have Pinky himself, Rob Paulson, as yes. Light Ray. Which is pretty fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, we have to acknowledge Ron Perlman taking over for the role of Orion. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there's so much gravel in these voices. Yeah. Collectively. It's fucking great. Wait, I think you're getting your characters mixed up. You said Pinky. That's Rob Paulson. Yeah, I said Pinky. And this is Ron Perlman. Rob Paulson and Ron Perlman are in this. Oh. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I, I I blanked out for a second. I was yeah. no, no. combining the two characters. Rob Paulson was Light Ray and Ron Perlman. Yes. Is Orion. Yes. So, but yeah, just so many. Hellboy himself. Yes. So many gruff, gritty, manly voices here. Mm -hmm. Ah, It's so good. Uh, And then uh, Tara Strong also voiced a character. uh, Sarah. Which one was Sarah? Oh, the little girl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The the little girl. Like, obviously, Tara Strong is, is the, she does all the baby voices. Of course. Yeah. And then, of course, we get uh, Corey Burton once again returning as Brainiac. Another Mm. character that when it's not, I only really think of this Brainiac voice whenever I see Brainiac anywhere. Yeah, same. It's like, it's so perfect. It's just so perfectly deadpan. Yeah, it's so cold. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I was really, really impressed by these in a pretty damn awesome way to start out season two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, start out high. So, uh, but since this is our uh, 175th episode of yes, the podcast. the holographic episode. The holographic episode. Uh, we do want to do a Cameron's Question Corner, so we're going to go slightly out of order here. And we wanted to do something that was DCAU related. And very related to this episode, as, as you've yeah. been talking about a lot recently. Um, so, uh, Cameron, what's our question this week? Well, I, I will be upfront. This is not my question. This is Chris... You were graciously letting me, you're teeing up the ball for me to hit, but it is your ball. Okay. Uh, this is your question. Okay. Yeah. So the, the question is, uh, if you could add one more season to any show in the DCAU, which would it be? Yes. So. Uh, so I think my answer is pretty obvious. It's obviously static. Okay. Uh, we talked about it a lot as we were coming to the static finale. Those last three episodes are really starting to set up amazing stuff mm-hmm. and it just kind of patterned out. Yeah. Uh, and I attempted to try and figure out what the next season would look like mm-hmm. because while it did patter out, they did kind of end a lot of stuff pretty well. Yeah. And so I don't know if I could do a whole season, but I think I could write like a three episode TV movie. Okay. Where you open up on 
Alva Jr. still in the hospital because I don't remember us ever seeing him fully healed. I think it happened off screen. Did we ever see him like walking around? I don't think so. Okay. So I'm going to play off that then. Okay. We see him get un, um, unstonified. Mm-hmm. Whatever the word is. <laughs> yes, unstoned. Yes. yes. Uh, so I'm imagining him in the hospital and he wakes up and he's freaking out. He's like, where is he? Where is he? And he's kind of running through the hospital. He's trying to figure out like, where is he? They finally take him down. It's like, what? What do you need? He's like, where's Virgil? Because he knows his identity. Oh, oh, that's right. He and so then you do a, a quick cut and it's a remix of the theme song. And we're playing through the intro like it's actually Virgil getting up in the morning. Mm-hmm. But in like now time. Yeah. And so he gets up and they're doing like a remix version. And he like bumps into his dad. And his dad's like, do you have your extracurricular activity this afternoon? He does like that little wink that he knows who he is. Yeah. He's like, yeah, don't worry. Pops will be back in time for dinner. And they they take off. And they, you know, him and Richie walk down. I've only planned out to like That's fine. the three minute mark. Yeah. And I'll stop. That's all you really need. <laughs> um, and they're walking down the street. And it's still the theme song going. They walk by a TV monitor. And you see, you know, it's the wall of TVs that we joked about before. Mm-hmm. You see a shot of a different hospital where another, where, you know, you see the bang babies all reverting back to their natural state. I'm going to say it's probably Carmen Dillo they're talking to. Yeah. Who's now like a normal person again. I think we already saw in the finale, but whatever. Um, uh, and they're talking about like, oh yeah, it's like the bang baby menace is finally ending its reign on Dakota City. And then that gets interrupted because there's an alarm that goes off somewhere else. And it's like another bang baby doing the best to try and, you know, continue their life of crime, even with their power fading and mm-hmm. very much weaker steering or gear and static gear up to go and take them down. Like, how did you like, like, how are your powers still here? And I'm thinking maybe Chris, <laughs> maybe this is still like a Christmas themed episode. Of course we it is. Great line. Where Static is like, didn't you hear? I made the good list this year. And then he like zaps the guy. So proud of that reverse engineering on that joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's as far as I've made it so far. Great. <laughs> but I think Alva is going to be the overarching, Alva Jr. is going to be yeah. the overarching villain for this. No, and I think, I think you're on the right track because I, I was trying to figure this out too. The, the problem with a lot of these shows is by the time we got to the end, they kind of run out of things to do. Yeah. Like, you know, you think about the new Batman Adventures had done a nice job, or excuse me, Beatles had done a nice job about, you know, taking the villains in different interesting directions, but eventually, you know, it kind of tuckered out and then the thread picked up with the new Batman Adventures and, you know, it still did some new clever things, a lot of those villains, but we had done so much territory there that I feel like the unexplored space of that show is more stuff around the Bat family. Like, mm-hmm. we, we still never really got a proper episode of all of them working together. We never really got a good wrap-up on the Batman-Catwoman dynamic. Yep. Like, I feel like there were things that they could have continued there, but a lot of that stuff was already taken care of, even if not to great effect, in Batman Beyond. And in Batman Beyond, too, like, too, it you got to the end, you're like, we're kind of done. Like, there's not that much story really to tell here. Um, and obviously everything left over at the end of Superman got picked up by Justice League. And I feel like Justice League kind of ended at the right point, then transitioned to Justice League Unlimited. And even Justice League Unlimited, we kind of got one more season than expected. Like, Cadmus was supposed to be the finale, and they gave us one more, which is still pretty good. So it's, and obviously we're not doing Zeta. So, I mean... But the finale, Chris. But the finale. <laughs> But honestly, like, I agree with you. I, I think the one show that still had material left to explore mm-hmm. was Static Shock. Like, 
we we don't know a lot about what happens to him between the end of that show and then when we see him in the the various flash forwards we get. And I think there's a lot of story still to tell. And you know, we to your point, we we didn't get a lot of good stuff with him and Pops after Pops had found out who he was, and we didn't get a chance to explore what does it mean to be a hero when all of your like your villains of the week are gone. Yeah, sort of thing. And you know, it's it's I think that's the one that you could do now and actually make it like a season four and apply some more modern storytelling with you know uh, like a season arc built around it and have it really add something. Yeah. Because I feel like it would be hard to go back and add now onto indie other shows and have it still work. But that's the one that I think still had the most potential before it ended, even if that last season was overall not great. Yeah. I mean, like, season three was its peak. Absolutely, yeah. To the season point, four, yeah. Yeah, to the point was. where even as I said they could add on a season four now, it's because I had forgotten that a season four had existed. Because yeah. a lot of it's pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. But you're right, I, I think that's the one show that had a little bit of... Um, so had some gas in the chamber. Yeah, you know, a little bit of gas left. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I think... I don't think there's enough gas for a full season. So maybe, you know, like I said, like the TV movie. Yeah. Or like an eight-episode arc. Yeah. But I think that's that's the only one that I think really has more room to explore. I mean, we're we're kind of getting sort of a new season of the new Batman adventures with the, um, the comic series, which I have started, but haven't finished yet. Yeah. There, there's also, um, future's end, which I looked into for the Batman beyond story. Oh yeah. And I've, um, and that's right. I've read a lot of the, the comics that are set sort of loosely at the end of the Batman beyond space. And there, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but not, I don't, I don't think enough to really keep that story going. And I think the static show is different enough from the comic where it can still, you know, we don't have to parallel them perfectly. Like yeah. I feel like we have to do for Batman beyond now. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I agree with you. Static Thanks. shocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out what to do after the third minute. Of the exactly. Eventually we'll have <laughs> more I planned for more than three minutes of our uh, full season slash TV movie. Yeah. To go I'm, off. I'm of pretty here. proud of those three minutes. It's pretty, it's pretty solid. It's yeah. Christmas time. Don't forget. Of course. Of course we had, it. you had to squeeze that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, in that case, should we do uh, our plugs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And let let us know. Oh, what yeah, yeah. You think? Yeah. If you, uh, yeah, if anyone has thoughts on what additional season you would like to see, and if you yeah, got some Maddie, thoughts, send us your fucking Zeta season three yeah. pitch. I mean, to be fair, like you know, the Watchtower database—they've done the Justice League continuation comics, That's Justice true. League Legacy yeah. for a while. And there's some really good stuff in there, and they kind of explore the whole universe. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so I bet they have some ideas too. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you have some thoughts, let us know at Tim Talk Pod on, let's be honest, Twitter and Instagram are the best places to reach us. That's so us. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cameron, we got to plug this week. Uh, I have two things to plug really quick. I've been reading a book, Chris, a book book. Shocking. It's a children's book. Well, <laughs> it's a book book. But it's progress. Progress. Baby yeah. steps. Uh, it's a book called Kingdom Keepers. Have you ever heard of it? no i this this series kind of came out in my window where i wasn't into disney you had a window when you that's actually that's true yeah a pretty long window that's true yeah and you Uh, were like really not in disney at all yeah i hated disney for a bit and then it came back yeah your fault i know don't Um, don't remind me kingdom i I am frankenstein you are my monster yes (laughs) um kingdom keeper is is basically night at the museum but at disney world Huh. Okay. Yeah. Where it's Wait, is it 
Is it actual Disney World? It's actual Disney. Okay, these are, it's, these it's, are Disney okay, official so it, Okay, it's not like an, uh, a pseudo park sort of thing. It's actual right. Disney no, World. This, okay. is, this is real Disney World. And I think reading, I think the reason I'm okay reading it is because like I can see it right. so vividly. Is that why you don't read otherwise? Is because you, you don't have an imagination? Yeah, I don't. It's just, just a fucking white painting up here. Okay. I mean, to be fair, I do know that your brain sees the world in animation. I do. So it, convert, it converts live action mm. to animation. It does. But it can't generate its own. No, no, it needs a reference point. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's a fun kind of, it, it's six books, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm only on the first one. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'll, it's okay, okay. so far, but it's a, it's a fun premise for kids, kind of realize there's something weird going on at the parks after hours, mm-hmm. and it's them trying to figure out the mystery of it. Is like one of the animatronics... Is there like a Westworld element in here too? Does like yes, all the animatronics are alive. Okay, does like Captain Hook come off of Peter Pan and go around and try and kill you? Uh, I haven't met them yet, but I have met the Pirates of the Caribbean Pirates. Okay, where Blackbeard starts a fight with the the four kids, five That's, kids. I'm sorry, there's five of them, but five kids. It's pretty fantastic though. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's pretty imaginative. Okay, I like is it um like is it sophisticated enough to be entertaining for non-kids? I say this to you recognizing that you're essentially a child. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Okay, so it's not, it's, not like, it's not like DuckTales, which is a kid's show, but is entertaining enough and sophisticated enough to be entertaining I, for I adults. I think... Okay, so I'll, I'll kind of spoil up to like chapter 10-ish. Um, so the way they get into the park is these five... So at Disney World in book, they created these like virtual helpers mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're kids that they're basically cast members that can appear anywhere in the park and answer your questions about anything. Okay. And the, the five holograms are based off the five kids. And the, when the kids fall asleep at night, they wake up as the holograms in the park. And so that's how they're able to get in. And that's how they're able to see all the animatronics coming to life. Oh, okay. And so they're, weird. yeah, it, it's kind of a weird, they're like half hologram, half human. Yeah. That's, seems like an, a weird plot wrinkle yeah it's something like the imagineers made up and okay. there's like yeah. it's basically saying that walt disney was not a not a uh a stone cutter what are they called a mason yeah he's not a mason but he kind of created his own mason of course i mean the thing is walt disney would he did he would yeah i can't confirm or deny that he did but yeah. he would <laughs> he would he would though um but no it's interesting okay um but my other plug which is way more important is I started New Animaniacs. Oh. Chris, it's so good. Is it good? Okay. It, I've, I've only watched the first episode so far. Okay. But holy shit, this might be like, even comparable to DuckTales, this might be the best rebooted show ever. Interesting. Because I, while we were recording, I had gotten a text message from my brother um saying wish i could say i was just as excited by the animaniacs but it's not the same it's clever but not the same as the old ones oh i thought i did opposite i think it was just as good oh okay interesting um but again that's only from one episode okay and i'm sure they put a lot of it's everything that we talked about before too about like the musical numbers and staying on topic and all that stuff Mm -hmm. i loved it Okay. I'm very excited to keep going. Okay. Glad to hear that you liked it. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, this week has been so crazy for me. I kind of forgot that was coming down. I also the forgot. Pipeline. Was yeah. There was yeah. no promotion for it. No, none whatsoever. Cause it was uh, yesterday. Uh, it came out Thursday. 
What? Yeah, they dropped every episode on Thursday. What the hell? Yeah, so it's not even like a weekly thing, which I think would have been better for it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, thank you for reminding me that exists. I do need to go watch that. Yes. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear it's good. I, mm-hmm. I was, we were hopeful. And there so. are two, count them, two Bill Clinton saxophones in there. Because, of course. That's all I wanted. Yeah. That's all I really wanted. Uh, but yeah, those are my plugs. What about you? I, uh, I watched a movie recently that I really, really enjoyed. It was Dr. Sleep. Oh, the, um, so sequel kind of to Shining. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's interesting. So it's, it's essentially a sequel to the story of the Shining. Yeah. Not the movie. Well, both. Great. So here's the interesting thing is, you know, the Shining, obviously, you know, uh, a horror classic from Stanley Kubrick, but also yeah, infamously. Yeah, remember it is that scene from Ready Player One. Yes, because you've never seen the actual Shining. No. Of course. <laughs> Which, honestly, it is great. I have not rewatched it in probably two or three years, but it is excellent. Um, but it's also fucking weird and confusing because it's Kubrick. Yeah. Um, but it is really, really good. But uh, Stephen King famously hated the adaptation of... The Shining, and I guess it, it just deviated too much from the book, and I, I've never read the book. I don't know enough to know what specifically deviated. But well, didn't he make a movie? Yes, on his version that bombed. There was a TV version, okay. starring I want to say Stephen Weber in the Jack Nicholson role, which I saw a piece of when it aired originally, like in like the nineties or whatever. Um, but so he famously did not like the adaptation. And so uh, Mike Flanagan is a director on this who's um, done a, a lot of stuff in the horror space. He did The Haunting of Hill House for Netflix. Um, he's done other Stephen King stuff too. He did Gerald's Game, the, the Netflix movie. Yeah. Adaptation, which I've heard is really good. And it does have um, Carlo Gino and uh, Bruce Greenwood, two of my favorite actors. I do want to watch that at some point. But um, So Flanagan though had a, a, an interesting challenge ahead of him. He had to make a movie that was simultaneously a sequel to The Shining because it, at the end of the day, like it's a movie distributed by Warner Brothers who made the original and that's the way they're going to market it and they want to have those visual touchstones, very famous visual touchstones in there. But he also wanted it to be a sequel to The Shining, the book, and to adhere to kind of what Stephen King's intention was. Um, and I would say that he walked that tightrope very, very effectively. It's not a horror film per se. It is a thriller more than anything else. Um, and it's basically much more about um, like a, a group of seemingly immortal kind of um, migrants, vagrants, whatever you want to call them, who feed off the energy of those who like Danny from The Shining can shine, who have, you know, like um, kind of like telepathic or, or slightly supernatural powers. Yeah. And that's like the, the root story there. And so it brings Danny back to the original play, this time by Hugh McGregor, who we love. <clears throat> oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's really, really good. I mean, it's, it's a little bit long. It's like two and a half hours, but it never felt slow to me. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's meticulous in its pacing, but I was engaged all the way through. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is the main villain, who is incredible. She's most famous, of course, for playing um, Elsa Faust in the most recent Mission Impossible movies. She was that's also right. the, yes, the opera right. singer in um, The Greatest Showman. Yes. She is... Beautiful voice. Excellent. Not her voice. Um, well, whoever did it, great voice. Great voice. She's excellent in this. She's really, really good, really interesting. Great character motivations all the way through. You know, unsurprisingly, the, the Overlook Hotel from the first movie plays a part in this new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never felt like a rehash or like it was trying to live in the other shadows. It much more felt like a, a totally original story that was drawing on those elements um, in a very effective and not like clumsy way. 
I, I was really, really impressed by it. Um, you know, it's a little bit outside my normal genre, but I, I would highly recommend it. I think it's better if you know The Shining and have seen The Shining. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also might be good to have like a little bit of space in between them because I think they're their own distinct things. I, okay. a, a friend of mine watched them both for the first time back to back and I think actually maybe it lessened his experience on the sequel. Okay. Yeah, because I had a lot of coworkers were really raving about uh, doctors, doctor sleep, doctor sleep. sleep. Yeah. Okay, so it's no, it's it's. Honestly, I don't want to discredit his medical school. Of course, yeah, exactly. Sleep empty. Um, it's really, really good. Highly, highly recommend it. So worth checking out. It's on HBO Max. So yes, yeah, I'll, yeah. It's it's been kind of at the bottom of my list, but I'll, I'll start moving it up. Yeah, but again, watch The Shining first. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's The Shining. Uh, it's it's scary, but it's not like no. It's 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 that we've talked about it before for a movie like that. It's been parodied yeah. so much. I know every scene. Yeah. It, I just it, haven't seen them in that order. Yeah. It's like I watched The Exorcist first time recently. <clears throat> Again, it's it's scary, but it's not like one of those that kept me awake. I was more just like really blown away by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check that out. So. Nice. But yeah, uh, I think that does it for us this week. So yes. yeah, if you uh, want to reach us, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes. Uh, like we said, would love to hear your suggestions for one more season of a DCAU show. Yes, unfortunately, uh, the value of this holographic episode has greatly depleted now that we're at the end. Yep. So we are now worth nothing. Worth nothing. We, we published too many episodes and now it has <clears throat> no value whatsoever. Yes. yes. So I apologize if anyone was like banking on this holographic. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, bad. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you do your intro or no. your outro? No, not yet. I'll okay. Let's let you do your thing. Uh, yeah. No, you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Great. So. Uh, you can find me at Cambrin.dexter. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Only uh, done this 200 some odd times. Yes, 175 times. You can find my art at Cameron.dexter if you want to see my face that hasn't changed much except I grew a beard. Yeah. But not online. It's a good beard. You can find that. Thank you. Yeah. At Cambdexter underscore adventures. My mom does not approve of the beard. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but no, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, thank you for helping us get to 175 episodes. Yes. This is really, really exciting. Uh, I should have looked up to see roughly where we're going to land for our 200th. I think it's probably going to be somewhere in Just League Unlimited. Yeah, I can't imagine it being <laughs> anywhere really, else. That's all that's no left. Other, no other <laughs> options left. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're chugging along. Are, and, are we going to make it? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to have more than 200 episodes. I did okay. map it out not too long ago. Um uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna make it beyond 200 episodes i think our 200th will be a a slightly bigger fanfare than than this one but uh yeah i'll bring like a like one of those things yeah air horns no not the air horn the one that like yeah yeah like the party things yeah yeah it's like it's like a kazoo with a a wacky waving inflatable tube man on the end of it exactly yeah whatever that's called there's a name i just can't remember what it is yeah uh, but no, thank you as always for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, pretty exciting to get here and to continue on. And, yeah. uh, you know, we will be continuing next week with another oh, another one of my favorite episodes, uh, Tabula Rasa, which is the introduction of Amazo. Ooh, okay. Really, really good episodes. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, but until then, thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. Happy 175. 175. Merry Christmas. It's it, after Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas now. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum.